This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi, hi from California. Hi, Mom, from New York City. How are you? Great. Well, you know, we have just recently done a show on fertility, infertility, and pregnancy loss, and it was a really powerful show, and we hope that you'll look at it on our Open to Hope website and on our YouTubes. We actually went into an infertility clinic and did video of all the different things that they do for fertility, and uh, we had some people on who were experts in infertility and pregnancy loss, so it's a great show, and that kind of segues into our show today, doesn't it, Um, It does, because, you know, we are going to have somebody on named Beverly Melander, and she is so positive, and I love her site, and we were talking before the show because Beverly and I both have had issues with infertility, etc., and we both ended up adopting children, and I was saying before the show, our children come to us in many ways, and one of the things that Beverly is going to talk about today is kind of her motto that what first looks like no is really yes. So we will talk to her more about that, and I will introduce her. Beverly Melander is a CSL minister and co-authored the best memorial service for the spiritual, non-religious, and unconventional. She is a radio host also of Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. She says we can activate the power of yes even when preparing for the death of a loved one or ourselves. Welcome to the show, Beverly. Thank you so much, Heidi and Gloria, and I'm saying hi from Atlanta. All right. So we've got the we've got the U.S. coverage today. <laughs> Absolutely. Hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> well, Heidi, you were commenting earlier. I make that comment about the test again. I think that's so great. You know about about what, Mom? About taking the test. If you've taken a test and failed it. Oh, 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 oh know, about what's on my website. website. Yes, if you go onto Beverly's website, she has all these amazing ways of looking and viewing your world in a different way. Because it's not really the event itself that is important, it's our perception of the event. And she's done a lot of reframing. And one of the things that I liked, I was stuck on, was she somebody said something about, you know, if you fail the test, rather than looking at, at that as a failure, look at it as maybe something that tells you that you need to have another major. Choose another major. Beverly can say it better than I can. So I like these yes. ideas, Beverly, these affirmations. Well, thanks for bringing that part up because I think it's so important in every part of our life um, because when, now my website is Beverly Molander, M-O-L-A-N-D-E-R dot net, Beverly Molander dot net, and that's what Heidi was referring to. And the the whole idea of, of my radio show, uh, Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes on Unity M, Unity.fm, that's online radio, is about how we can choose to activate the power of yes in our lives no matter what is going on. Because as human beings, we're always going to have things going on all around us. Think about little tornadoes of uh, activity and events going on, and what we can do is choose to be grounded and uh, being strong and standing strong 
during this time and choosing to activate the power of yes in whatever we think, say, or do. So that had to do with the grieving process as well. Okay, that's what I'm wondering, Beverly. If someone has had the loss of, you know, a, a partner or a child or a sibling, how would they go about activating the power of yes? First of all, and uh, in the book that you mentioned, uh, one of the biggest themes is to give yourself permission to be wherever you are. We had talked about the different kinds of uh, ways that we have gone through grief, and, and I wrote down a whole list of things that I went through with with losses in my own life. And one of the things I think, especially in the American culture, is, hey, a stiff upper lip, how's she doing? How's she doing? Oh, she's doing better. Oh, that's great. Well, that's a farce, and that's a lie. It is only what is appearing to the person who is looking as deeply as that. And I think many times we just simply need to let ourselves have permission to grieve in in any way we think is appropriate, even sometimes give ourselves permission to do it inappropriately. Right, and when you do, yeah, to grieve inappropriately too. But when you do that, there is, you might even call it a price to pay, but I think I think you have to give up that idea that there may be the people that will choose not to be around you, but it is what it is. I mean, sometimes you will lose friends, but you will find new friends too. Well, you know, and here's another thing to think about. My um, Somebody mentioned this word, and I think it comes in so handy in life, is that we also have a choice as to how we decide to grieve. And if we decide that uh, everybody has to be on the grieving bandwagon with us, you know, we can look around and see that life is going on whether we're participating in it or not. So there are certain people that we can maybe choose um, who can honor the grieving that we're going through and who can just be there with uh, whatever we sound like or whatever we're saying. And then to the rest of the world, it's kind of the same thing if you've, uh, you know, if you've, um, if you're sick at work, you put on your game face. You're not complaining about your head and your shoulders and you're tired and all of that. You put on your game face where it's appropriate and grieve when it's appropriate for you to do so around people who care about you. Heidi also makes a comment. Heidi, why don't you talk a little bit about teaching people to be good grievers? Well, the thing about it is, and Beverly and and Mom, you know this, we sometimes expect people to know what we need and to kind of be psychic, and the reality is sometimes we have to teach people to be good grief support. We have to say, "This this is what I need right now, or this is what's going on for me right now, because people often can't tell. And like you said, Beverly, we often put on our game face and say everything's fine, and then we get annoyed when people don't realize that it's actually not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about um, how grief and bad times can also open up the door for new people to come in where old mm-hmm. people might not be appropriate anymore, especially in this circumstance. I went through a devastating time back, you know, a couple decades ago, uh, where I really wanted to get together with a girlfriend and just 
you know, have her listen to me, and she's thumbing through her calendar. Oh, can we get together, you know, three weeks from now on Thursday afternoon before my meeting? And she just did not get what I was going through. But then another person, a coworker from another radio station, because uh, I was working in radio, when I told him what was happening, he said, uh, let me take you to lunch. Wow. And we'd never done that. It wasn't like a... a, a date kind of thing, he's what I was going through and was there for me. Yep, that's that's amazing when when people do that. Uh, as they say, I used to send a casserole and now I send myself. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing, yes. Now, what, one of the things that's tough, and Heidi, I'd like you to mention this, is if you are um, a younger person and you, know, you want to be in that scene, you want your friends to... Um, invite you places and do things. You want to talk about that a little bit, Hyde? Yeah, I'm not really clear on what you're saying. You mean if you're a, someone grieving that wants a kid, to be included in things? A kid, you know, you lose your friends. It's, it's, it's one thing to lose them as an adult. It's another to lose them as a college or a high school kid. Oh, absolutely. The thing about kids is what they say to me all the time is we just want to be normal. We don't, we don't want to be seen as unique in a strange way. And if you have a sibling that dies or a parent that dies and you're a child or a young adult, that's a very different experience that you feel like not. And oftentimes, friends don't know how to respond, and so they don't respond at all. And they really expect kids to get back to normal and, and act normal, and we all know that you kind of find a new normal. So I'm always saying to kids, if they can find support groups, teenagers and young adults that they can go to, like Compassionate Friends, I think it's important because I think it's important to find other people that are going through a similar experience. And Beverly, I- I'm sitting out there now, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm hearing what you're all saying now. I'm ready. I, you guys have got some energy going. Beverly has. How can I make some change in myself? I've been kind of moping around. Well, here's a, a thought that I had while, while Heidi was talking. It's for us to... I, I had a, a minister tell me once when I was going through a terrible crisis of five things happening at once. He said, you can, you know you're going to go through this. You're not going to die because you're going through this painful, painful time, but you can choose to grow through this. And one of the things I learned was that this is an opportunity for me to recognize what I need and recognize the people around me who can be supportive of me. Many times um, before that, I would just think, hey, we're all friends, let's go out, let's do this and that. And, and, but this was an opportunity for me to mature in my choices as to how I wanted to go through this and who I wanted to be there for me. So it has to do with that wrenching time of letting go of old ideas and then developing new ones along the way. And I don't think you can do anything but just go through it, whatever your time frame is. There's not a two-week, two-month, two-year period. Uh, Beverly, I was going to I was going to ask you about something that's that you've said a lot, and it's part of your book. You talk a lot about. You said that you have a prayer partner, and you talk a lot about affirmative prayers. And I'm wondering what kind of affirmative prayer. Could someone out there that's listening do around having a, a, per, a person in their family die, a family member die? 
an affirmative prayer is a prayer that is from me through the universe and back to me again. It has to do finding the resources within myself uh, to move forward from here. And it doesn't have to do with, uh, please make uh, uh, Uncle Bill start to stop telling Aunt Margaret that she needs to move on. It's not a prayer to change someone else. It's a prayer for us to see something in a better way. Either a way that we think uh, is is a better way, or even something better than that that we can't even perceive as yet. So affirmative prayer is activating the power of yes, saying I may not know what to do, but something inside of me does. Give me the words. I'm out there and I hear what you're saying. I like it. What are the words that I would say to myself? Say if I I've lost my spouse, what do I say? And I'm ready to move on. Uh, I'm ready to go. Or... Would you like me to give you an example of an affirmative prayer? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know we're on a time frame here, so it can be longer than this, but I'll just give you an example. And this is a, an opportunity to move your neck around and your shoulders around a little bit, because when we're talking about grief and loss, we're all automatically tensing up. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want it to happen to us. So when we move our body around, it sends a signal to our body that says, help is on the way. I'm looking for some better way right now. And this is what I know. I know there is a creative source that always has been and always will be. And I know that I am part of that creative source right now. And even as at things that have been devastating before in history, when we look at the ocean and the ocean exploding with volcanic ash and feeling like the world was going to end, we know that out of that volcanic eruption came the island of Hawaii. So we know that even though we're in the middle of our grieving and in the middle of our feeling of loss where things will never be the same, we know that we are in the process of healing. And even though we don't know what that healing looks like, we know that it is possible for us. We don't have to make it be a healing thing for us. We just have to know that there is an opportunity to come out of this on the other side. And as we recognize that creative source within us, opportunity to relax into that feeling that something inside of us knows what to do even though we don't know right now. We relax. We release this idea of having to come up with the answers right now and we let it go. All right. We look forward to this new way of looking at things after this, and so it is. Ah, nice. That is very nice, and I like, and you would end with that. So it is really a nice meditative prayer. How often do you do that with people, and and, uh, you do workshops? or? Yes, I do, and I also have a free affirmative prayer call line 
on Thursday nights where people can call in 404-566-8887, extension 9, and I say an affirmative prayer for anyone on the line, regardless they're going through, whatever they want. Fabulous. Give us that uh, number again, and we'll put that, if you do, uh, we'll do a YouTube and put that on there. Okay, great. It is 404-566-8887, extension 9. All right. So, uh, people, you've got a website that people can go to? Yes, Beverly Molander, M-O-L-A-N-D-E-R, dot net. And let me tell you about the other website that is in its infancy, but this is the best memorial service.com, the best memorial service.com. That is a book that will be coming out in the spring. Great. Well, Beverly, thank you so much for being on the show today. And, uh, you know, we can't even begin to touch the tip of all the great work you're doing and all the wisdom you have. And I know you've got so much out there for, for people, and I hope they'll visit you and all your sites and all the work that you're doing. Thank you very much. Thanks, Beverly. Thanks, Heidi. Well, Heidi, Heidi, I'm overwhelmed with everything Beverly's doing, and I love that affirmative uh, prayer that uh, she just gave us because it'll be on on YouTube, and uh, it'll be on there so people can, you know, get that feeling and sit down and do that. Very, very powerful. I I agree, and I think my, my takeaway from all this is that we need to trust ourselves and find the resources in ourselves to move on and and just honestly believe as we're doing the affirmations that help is on the way um, and that they, that there is a creative source out there. The, af- the affirmation and the prayer is so powerful. And just to have the belief that it is going to happen. I don't know how there's going to be a shift, but there is. So I just have to be open to it. Absolutely. And we want to remind all you listening that we're here and Beverly's here and there are many people here for you. And we ask you if you've lost hope to lean on our hope until you find your own. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.